0: Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Abraham has a faithful servant. His name is Eliezer. We know that from Genesis chapter 15. He ran the household. He had hundreds of employees and workers and people that were part of his tribe. They lived in tents. He's got Isaac. And Isaac is an adult male now, late 30s. He's unmarried and waiting on the Lord. And he's grieving and mourning the loss of his mother. And in that background, Abraham comes to Eliezer and says, it's time for my son to have a wife. And so he says, we're not going to take a wife from the Canaanites. That's not going to do. His wife needs to come from the family line back in Syria and that region. So you're going to go back there, and you're going to find Isaac a bride. And Eliezer says, well, what if the woman doesn't come with me or whatever? And Abraham said, don't you worry about that. If that's the case, you're released from that. But only promise me you'll never take a bride for my son from the women of this land. And so Eliezer agrees to that. Eliezer goes on this trip, and He's, he's lived with the father of faith. He's lived with one of the greatest men of God, one of the greatest men that's ever lived. He's lived with Sarah, the, one of the greatest women of God that's ever lived. And he's been their servant. He's been their steward, if you will. He's run the household for them. And he's very close and he's tight with the family. And he's mourned the loss of Sarah, no doubt. And as he's going on the way, he's seen the faith. He would have been circumcised with the sign of the covenant back in Genesis 17, like everyone else in Abraham's household, the male's. But in this journey, he finds his own faith. And in this journey, he says to the Lord, look, for the sake of my master, please guide me. He cries out for the Lord to to lead his steps and prosper him in his journey. And he says, I don't know much, but look, if I do this and I say this and the woman says this, then that I'll know it's from you, the Lord, and that you've done this. So he actually sets out a scenario by which God will confirm he's in the plan and this is the right woman. Then Rebecca comes on the scene. She fulfills that scenario, and Eliezer is completely blown away that God has answered his prayers and has revealed this is the woman, and he falls on his face, and he worships the Lord, and then he says something very profound in verse 27 of chapter 24, and I draw your attention to this verse. He says this, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. For Rebekah is a direct relative of the household of Abraham through Abraham's brother. Now, Again, we've talked about this in the post flood world. The genetic line is still clean where you don't have the type of problems with inner family physical relationships that you would have now. You need to understand that contextually. So Eliezer, God has answered his prayer and he makes this profound statement, the Lord, as for me, being on the way, the Lord has led me. And let me just say this, how important it is it for us in our journey of life That we can say at the end of our life that on the way, the Lord led me on the way. How important it is that every season of our life, whether it seemed insignificant or profound in change, that we can say the Lord led me on the way. That we can know personally in our relationship with God that he led us personally on the way. Jesus Christ died on the cross for which of all things we give thanks for this night, we give thanks for the Savior, that we would have a personal relationship, that God could build us in that personal relationship, that we call him Abba Father, that he'd be personal and close to us, that we could know God even more intimately than Abraham and Sarah did in their generation, in their dispensation, that we wouldn't know the Lord from a distance in a religious way, but that we would know him personally in a relationship way. For Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So abide in me and I will in you and you will bear much fruit. You will ask what you will, of the father. My word will abide in you and you will bear much fruit and you will love one another. And you will do mighty things there in John 15. Jesus said that the cross is about relationship And knowing the Lord, not knowing about the Lord from a distance, but knowing the Lord personally. The cross draws us to relationship through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to come boldly to the throne of grace and to have the relationship. And so many people who call the name of Jesus settle. It's so easy in the human experience to settle for a distant religious relationship, even in the Christian faith, where someone else has a close relationship, a priest or a pastor or my parents. Or my spouse. But the cross invites us to a close personal relationship. And for all the insight of this story. Of Eliezer. The divine appointment to meet Rebecca. Rebecca agreeing to go with them. To meet and marry Isaac. Which is the end of the chapter. Because she goes. She agrees to marry a man she's never met. She goes with Eliezer to the promised land. And Isaac greets her, embraces her. They become married. And it says, the last verse of this chapter, that Isaac was comforted in the loss of his mother for he found love with his lovely and beautiful bride, Rebecca. It's a love story. It's a type of the church, the Holy Spirit seeking out a church for the groom, Jesus Christ. There, it's an, there's a lot of depth in this story. But at face value, in its historical context, it really is about Eliezer, growing in his own personal faith, we could compare it to people who used to live their faith vicariously through Pastor Chuck when he was alive and he pastored Calvary Coast and Mesa. But Pastor Chuck's been gone for five years. When I was in Russia, many people asked me like, what life was like in the Calvary Chapel movement in America five years after Pastor Chuck. When they found out I was on staff for five years with Pastor Chuck, many wanted to ask me questions about what it was like to be uh, doing announcements for Pastor Chuck or filling in for Pastor Chuck or being on staff at Calvary Coast and Mesa. He was like a father Abraham to many of these Russian pastors. But like Eliezer of old, they have to find their own faith for pastoring in Nizhny the Godora or Vladimir or Salakard or whoever they might be. Just like each one of us, we might receive faith from someone we appreciated in their example of faith. Maybe our parents or our grandparents or a pastor Chuck or a pastor Joey or whoever it might be. And even as we pray for people we love who don't walk with the Lord, they cannot find their faith in us. They have to find their faith in the Lord. They have to go on their own journey and see the Lord's hand in their life personally so they can know the Lord. And they can see his hand in their life. They need to know that the Lord, the angel of the Lord goes with them in their journey. They need to know that when they cry out to the Lord and even put him to the test with a sign that he can meet them there and confirm that sign that he is God. and He knows the hairs on their head and he is very much interested in the personal affairs of their life. And they need to come to the place where they fall on their face and they worship the Lord and say, Blessed be the God of my master Abraham. Blessed be the God of my parents. Blessed be the God of Pastor Chuck. Blessed be the God of Rick Warren glory, whatever. Blessed be the God of my great grandmother who passed on a faith to me. Blessed be the God of, of all these people that have been an example to me. But now he's my God for he guided me in the way and he revealed himself to me. And that's what the story of Eliezer is really about. It's about him being so close to the father of faith and seeing all these things that God did in his life and being a part of all of it. Maybe he was there when Abraham said, the boy and I go yonder to worship and we shall return. Maybe he waited at the foot of the mountain for three days when Abraham went up to the mountain with Isaac. We don't know, but he was the main right-hand man. When the most important task of Abraham's life came at that juncture in his life, he grabbed Eleazar and he said, put your hand right here inside my thigh and you promise me you will never take a wife from my son from this region. Promise me on a stack of Bibles. Promise me. You look at me, and for all the things we've been through in our journey, you promise me you will never let my son take a woman from this pool. Arguably the most important task ever entrusted to Eliezer in decades of serving Abraham as his chief steward. And in this task that required leaving the promised land and going back to a distant land, it was in that journey of unknown, of fear, of uncertainty, that Eleazar came to a place of being on his face prostrate before the Lord and said, blessed be the God of my master who has led me in the way. And this is something God wants to do in all of our lives. It is so important that each one of us finds that place of God's personal fingerprint on our life that we're the only person in the universe that Jesus Christ died for. And we hear his voice because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And whether we have to go to a foreign land to hear his voice, whether we have to be facing an incredible trial beyond us to hear his voice, eternity is everything. And the cross is the price to redeem us for glory in eternity. And whatever it takes, mountaintops or valleys, the familiar or the unfamiliar, the mundane or the extreme, Timothy was converted through what would seem mundane, but Paul was converted through extreme Whatever it takes, God is working in our life to prepare us for eternity and ultimately to get us from being a good friend and a faithful steward to a father of faith or a mother of faith, but that where we have our faith, that we don't worship via someone else, the Lord, but we worship the Lord because we know the Lord through the experiences of our life. And all things do work together for good that when we believe and trust in Jesus Christ that we would press into Jesus Christ in all these experiences, all the victories and the heartaches and everything that come between those bookends. And what a journey this was for Eliezer. In the first part of coming to a place where he can say the Lord led me, and this is really what the Lord wants us to say. Of all the things you can say on your last day on this planet, we had a family member pass today from a congregant, Today, my mom had a serious fall at 84 just two weeks ago, and recovering from it. We're all just one slippery step from eternity. Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher, said, "And if you knew it was your last day, and you're thinking about being your last day, it would be so triumphant if it were true that if you could be right there in the last moment, and even as Ashton's grandfather gave a thumbs up to her brother 15 minutes before stepping into eternity, it'd be so special." If you could turn to the nearest person, friend, foe, nurse, whatever, family member, and say, I tell you this day, the Lord has led me in all the way. If you can say that about your life, you have truly lived the life worth living. But if you cannot say on your last breath, the Lord has led me in all the way, then your life is less and has been less than it was ever meant to be, and you'll never get another chance. So let's reverse engineer this, our last day, that we want to say the Lord has led me in all the way. All those experiences, the new job, the new home, the lost home, the lost job, the lost loved one, the triumphs, the prayers that were answered, the prayers that were answered no, the prayers that were answered yes, the prayers that you step into eternity that are still wait and I don't know. You ever think that when you step into eternity there's prayers that are still out there? You're not going to get an answer for You don't know if it's a yes or a no. You're still in wait, but you're gone. So maybe your prayers are still moving when you're gone. George Mueller prayed for four people to get saved for decades. The two got saved during his lifetime. The third got saved at his memorial. And the fourth got saved a decade after he was gone in eternity. Oh, but you can say like Eliezer, be on your face and said, oh, I appreciate the faith of my master, the God of my master, Abraham. But this day the Lord has led me in all the way. It is a journey. It is a journey. I love traveling the world, and those of you who travel the world, you understand cultures and people are so different, and you see their, their journey so different. To see that woman from the Natets tribe, Tatiana, it was a small turnout that night for the, the church gathering in, in Russia there. There's a few people, and she's so excited that we were there visiting from the United States. And I was walking around her house. She had all these indoor plants. She had all these plants and all this color. I kept saying, I love your plants because I love indoor plants. And you know, and I was talking with her and, and she, you know, she's early 60s and just radiated spirit filled. Speaks Russian and her native dialect. And I came to a family photo like, like the kind you all have. You know, all the family members. And there I saw a man with his Russian hat with the, you know, the, the hammer and sickle back from the Soviet Union era. And I thought, wow, he was a soldier during the Soviet era. And then I found out later he was killed in the Afghan war. That's her first husband. And there's all these pictures of people. And it was later, Dave Markey told me that they're all deceased. They've all died. It's just the grandson kind of twice removed who you saw on the slideshow. He's the one doing sound. And she sang that praise song. to She wanted to sing it to me. I sat down on her, desk, her couch. And I'm here and she's there. And she's singing this praise song to me. Dave Markey's there and Billy Rutledge is over here. And she's singing and she's praising the Lord. And it's from her morning devotion. She said God gives her praise songs in the morning in her language. And so she wrote them in her language. She had a beautiful voice. And she sat there and sang this praise song in her native dialect praising Jesus. The woman who's lost everything but has found everything, be Christ is all in all. Jesus be the center of our life. Quite a humbling experience. I love to travel the world and see the body of Christ. I love to see, you know, I've said for years here that Jesus Christ is working in every time zone and I've never been in those time zones before and I testify he's working in those time zones faithfully. See, we need to understand that is that highest objective of the Holy Spirit that we would walk intimately with the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ. That we'd be spirit-filled men and women who daily rise up and seek the Lord and can praise the Lord and worship the Lord in all the circumstances of life. When Abraham sent Eliezer on this mission, he said something very interesting to him here in verse 7. Because Eliezer said, well, what if it doesn't go this way and what if it doesn't go that way? Isn't that our faith sometimes? Well, what, what if, you know, and we, we all wrestle with our faith. Well, what, well you know, like, what if, it, you know, I thought God was in this and he wasn't and this and that and everything else. And even if you live in the household of faith for decades, you still would be like, well, what, what if it doesn't go that way, Abraham? And he said to him, He will send his angel before you. You shall take a wife from my son from there. You know, when we're in our journey of finding our way in our faith, we need to be encouraged by those whose faith can encourage us. There's nothing wrong with being encouraged by people who've done great things in the Lord. Even though seem insignificant, the greatest thing you can do is serve the Lord faithfully. And I love how Abraham... There's a whole other Bible study on Abraham, but I talked about this before, four weeks ago when he took Abraham up, Isaac up the mountain. He said, the lad and I go yonder, but we shall return. And I said, he's speaking faith. He's not creating with his words. He's affirming with his words, and that's important to understand. But being in Russia and seeing where people, it's easy to be discouraged or beaten down for various reasons, but you could live in Orange County and feel discouraged and beat down. I mean, the sun shines 325 days of the year in Huntington Beach and Irvine. And there's plenty of negative people walking around who confess Jesus Christ. So if you want to see a half-empty glass, there's no problem seeing it. That's your choice. I feel sorry for you. But through the eyes of faith like Father Abraham, they're like, well, what, you know, and what if, a... And, and, and Abraham says, listen, man, the angel of the Lord goes with you. And you will find a wife for my son. And so it's important as we're on our journey to get to the place where we can say the Lord was with me in all the way, that we understand that his presence and his promise go with us. When we're in the way with the Lord, we have every promise. And of course, we've been talking about this a lot in Genesis. All the promises are yes, yes, and amen. Wherever God's sending us, be it temporal journey or long-term journey or complete radical change in our life. Jesus in the Great Commission, he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us. Now, some journeys it seems like Jesus is very close, and some journeys it seems like he might be very far. But he is with us in the way. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? The first day at college, the first day on the job, first, the wedding day, first day bringing home a baby from the hospital. First day in assisted living. You know, when I dropped my dad off for assisted living, I just cried uncontrollably. I'll never forget how I felt that day. There were landscapers, and I had everything I wanted to say in Spanish. And I went up to the landscaper who's doing the landscaping at Sunrise Facility, and I just, I said everything in Spanish, and I started crying. It was just such a heavy moment that my dad couldn't live on his own anymore. And yet the Lord was with me that day. You never know what a day is going to bring, do you? And for three years, I've been driving down to La Costa, visiting my dad. Now his dog lives with us because he can't take care of his dog anymore. Many of you know this journey. You see, I'm so grateful that the cross gives us total victory Total assurance of the promises and the presence and the power of God for everything on the way. And when we find our own faith and we stand our own faith, we need to know those promises for our life, not for Pastor Chuck or our parents or our grandparents or anyone else that's out there, Franklin Graham, what he's doing with Samaritan's Purse. We need to know those promises for our life. We need to know his presence for our life. And we need to know that the angel of the Lord goes with us in everything he's called us to do. We need to know that. That's part of the testimony on the last day to say the Lord's been with me and all the way. Because we're never alone and he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Eliezer need to learn that. Abraham, he's got him like this. I am telling you, the angel of the Lord goes with you and you will bring back a bride for my son. He's an old man. Can you picture the fire in his eyes? Just like Caleb taking the promised land at 86. That's how we want to be. And we also saw on this journey where he actually prayed on his own. And I summarized it earlier, but now I read the verse. Verse 12, Eliezer said, Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham. Isn't that interesting? He's like the God of his master. Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham. Like God of my parents, God of Pastor Chuck, God of Rick Warren, God of uh, Ben Corson, God of... People I love and respect. Oh, Lord God, of these people I respect of great faith, please give me success this day. It's personal now. And show kindness to my master, Abraham. We need to draw near and know that the Lord is personal to us, right? So in this prayer, he says, God of my master, Abraham, please give me. Please hear my prayer today. And give me a sign. And I'm just an average Joe, but I'm telling you, when the women come out to draw water like they do, and I say to the woman, can you draw me water? And she says, and then she offers a draw for my camels, which is extra work, which most people don't go the extra mile, if you will. Then I'll know that this is the woman. I'm a simple man, bear with me. It's like Gideon with the fleece. Listen, I'm not sure. So can the ground be wet and the fleece dry? That happened. Okay, well, I'm still not sure. So can the fleece be you know, wet and the ground dry or vice versa? And I'm still not sure. So, can I go down in the camp and hear if someone had a dream about me? And I'm a barley loaf rolling him. Or how about Jonathan and his armor bearer? Hey, I have an epiphany. God can deliver with fewer many. So we're in a siege right now. So maybe the Lord wants to deliver with us, you and me. So why don't we go to these Philistines? And they're above us. They hold the high ground. And we say, Hey, if they say this, come on up here. We'll go up there and we'll whoop them. But if they say, we're going to come down there and teach a lesson, we're going to run. And they went up there, they said, hey, you guys in the Philistines like, come up here, we'll teach a lesson. Hey, let's go. And they whooped them, and they flipped the battle. God meets us where we're at. As has been well said, to the baker, he's the bread of life. He meets us where we're at. You know, in going to Russia, I was like, I was really in turmoil because they wanted me to teach at this pastor's conference. And yet I didn't have the right visa to do that. So I'm taking a risk. A risk that I prayed over, I felt, would be a stumbling block. Because I don't want to be in trouble with the Russian government because I'm doing something my visa does not allow for. When I could have got a visa, it does allow for it. Right? Again, I say, if, there's, if you can't get a religious visa in a country and the only way to preach is illegally, that's a different matter. But if you can get a religious visa and you're not doing that and then you get in trouble, then that's on you. And that's a approach. That's how I felt about it. But I was getting different things, and I prayed about it, and I didn't feel like I was supposed to get in front of people and preach. I went out of my way, which I imagine for me is quite difficult, to not be in front of people. I went and saw Wes Bentley, and I said, Wes, what do you think? He's been going to rush for 30 years. I thought he would just say, go for it, have no fear, because he does all the Sudanese stuff. He's like, don't preach, don't do it, especially if you plan on going back. And right before I left, you saw the American woman. She had an ounce of weed, seven years in jail for an ounce of weed. Wow. That's pretty radical. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God not ashamed, bless. Not of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel.